Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here from NFL Red Zone, I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? I am back. Apologies for last week. COVID got me good, but I managed to kick it into touch within three or four days. So that's the main thing, right? I'm back. And as always, the stalwart, the pillar of five yard is opposite me in a digital sense. Not like the good old days, Murph. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I've also kicked COVID to the touch. Finally tested negative today. 13 days uh, tested positive, but we're through it now. So, uh, yeah, thank goodness. And we're near the end of the fantasy season, man. 10 days. We've got 10 days left. 32 games of football left to be played. And then we'll see where we are at the end of the season. And it's been it's been a great season. It's been a long season but it's been a good one i was telling you off air that i've worked out i've written 90 published articles uh in fantasy football this year uh so and i'll break the 100 mark by the end of the season so uh yeah <laughs> i part of me is like i don't want it to end and part of me is like actually i could quite do a bit ending now so but yeah it's all good yeah and no, both fair. our teams I mean, you rarely... have it out and yeah, I was going to say, I think there's a bit of a delay. I was just saying also, weirdly, I think this is the first time in five-yard history that both our teams are in playoff contention in real life. The Broncos and the Buccaneers are in the hunt for playoff spots. Normally, it's one or the other. It's never normally both. Can are we? Are we? Is it truly playoff contention? to make the playoffs and neither are going to go far well yeah there, there is that is uh is my internet terrible yeah it is uh it is really bad <laughs> you're you're on a delay okay shall i 
Shall I dive out and dive back in on my on another device you, and see if that works? You do that, and I will uh, get some house admin out of the way while you're gone, and then you'll be back. So, uh, Rush Station, if you're watching this on the live stream, obviously you've seen stocks. There was a bit of a delay there, um, and then the numbers have just plummeted while he's left. Um, clearly, he brings in the uh, power of the show. To get some of the admin out of the way, um, we do have the Patreon. It's still going. Um, be dropping a Patreon cast tomorrow to be helping uh, all the Patreonies get through there. We'll be freezing the Patreon uh, uh, pocket. So if you join before the 31st December, you will get the next few months free. So it's a good opportunity to try out the community uh, and make the most of it. Um, plenty of content dropping. The Strategy Points podcast will drop tomorrow. Uh, there'll be lots of uh, stuff going on uh, with stuff I write. You can follow all of that on uh, the X Machine, Elon, Elon Musk's uh, Playground or Fun Ground or whatever we want to call it. Shout out to Shane, our guest last week. He did a phenomenal job. Um, it's going to be a really interesting um, end of season. You know, we're, we're really near the end now. I really want to get any questions of anyone watching who wants to ask anything. If you're posting them on on if you're watching the stream on X or Twitter or you know, must fun ground and you, you can't, I we can't see them. So um, you have to post them on either the YouTube or, or the Facebook uh, link and stream. And that's how we can see them. Uh, but happy to take any questions as, as we're going through this. Um, I just want to give a shout out really to all the content creators out there. who have been doing a phenomenal job. Just a quick one for me is um, if you found a content creator who has uh, helped you get this far, or get you into a final, uh, just drop them a DM and or a tweet uh, or post or whatever we're calling them now. Um, and, and just say thanks. Just say, hey, uh, thanks so much for helping you get here. Um, a lot of content creators don't get paid or certainly don't get paid a lot of money. Um, there's not many that are making Matthew Berry money. So uh, do drop them a line and say uh, thanks um, for helping, them get, helping you get this far. But it is your team, don't forget. You know, you've done the work. You've done the research. You're watching shows like this one. We're not looking to take all the credit, but a, a simple kudos would be uh, really good. And Stocks is back, and let's see if your internet's any better. Is is that better? It's much better. You're alive. I have no idea what's wrong with the computer. Yeah. That's a shocker. That's all right, man. It's good. Uh, shout out the Patreon uh, and said that after uh, in ten days' time, we'll be freezing the Patreon for a few months. Um, <clears throat> there's still be something going on. Uh, but as a thank you to the patrons who have supported us this season, we won't be taking any more uh, payments for a few months. Having said that, <clears throat> it does mean when it's on pause, we can't add new patrons. So if you join uh, and pay the first month, uh, you'll get the next few months for free. So it's a really good time to to join. And I'll promise to look and, and answer any start sick questions. It's the best way to get hold of me over the next 10 days for, uh, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, it's just an exciting time. Um, uh, one thing I did want to share, I stupidly didn't bring it in with me, um, but I shared a photo with our writers. Um, <clears throat> I got an amazing, I'm going to post it on social media after this. Um, we finished our fundraising for the year. Um, we raised an amazing £6,004 for uh, the MPS Society. They sent me a really nice card and uh, certificate to say thank you. I'm going to post the picture of the certificate 
meant to put it on the live stream, left it on the table in the other room. Um, <laughs> and that, uh, I promise you, it's uh, it's a really nice gesture, amazing testament to our community. You know, six thousand pounds is about eight thousand ish dollars. Um, it's a lot of money, so I really appreciate everyone. Uh, we still got the mid uh, mid season elimination contest going. We're down to the final of that. We've still got the um, Matt's dad's charity contest. We're in the sort of semi final range of that. Everyone that survives this week in that contest will get some form of prize that's been donated by the community. So amazing! Uh, we have the champion of champions uh, down to the final four. I'm still in that. I'm actually <laughs> all the positions mentioned, which is like uh, a nice boost. Yeah, I I, uh, I upset the three seed um, to to make the semi final. I don't think I'm going to win. I don't think I'm good enough, but it, it's nice to take the uh, Cinderella run to the semi finals of the champions of champions. Um, and yeah, all the five yard leagues are doing really well. A lot of them are really close. Some leagues had like eight or eight teams on like similar records, so like within one win. So, uh, yeah, so thank you all the money donated. Thanks for everything. And, uh, yeah, let's help people now get to their fantasy championship games because it's all good getting to the semifinals, but you win absolutely naffle in the semifinals. Let's, uh, yeah, get some, let's get some finalists, uh, listening, uh, and help them win, win some games this week for sure. If if you are watching on the live stream and you're watching via YouTube, please do hit the like and subscribe button. It really does help us out. And then if you are listening to this as an OG podcast listener, then also follow us on your on your podcast platforms because again, that really does help us out and it helps more people get those ships. Although they could be bandwagon fans at this point because hey, <laughs> ships is this in two weeks' time, right? That's right. Well, I find that a lot of engagement sort of dies off around this time of year. Um, Things like waiver wires really drop off because what's left on the waiver wire is not a lot of improvement to championship teams, but it's always good. I think the ones that are the dedicated souls that are listening, they're the ones that are probably in championship week because they've done the work, they've done the research. We've had to ride a bit of luck this year. You know, it's been a tough year for for fantasy football, but it's been a it's been a good year as well. I think if you've been listening to us from the start. We made a lot of really bold calls. A lot of those bold calls have actually really paid off. Some didn't, but we definitely made some calls that uh, have absolutely uh, paid off for for fantasy managers um, this season. We'll go back and review them all. Um, Yeah, Dustin, let's win those titles. Absolutely. It's all about titles. That's what we're here for. I am still dreaming of a Scott Fishbowl title. I snuck in by 0.15 points this week. Um, literally, Jason Myers is the GOAT. He literally kicked me an extra <laughs> point with a minute or so remaining. Um, I made the original cut by 0.30, and then there was a stack correction. Um, it took me down to number 248, but I snuck in. Uh, 200 leave the competition this week. So my team like of Derek Henry and Travis Etienne that did absolutely naff all last week are going to have to kick it into hyperdrive. And Patrick Mahomes, he did next to nothing last week. So I need some players to really kick it, uh, kick it up a notch to make the final 50. It's, it's not past you, big man. You've, uh, you're there. Just to be in the dance is one thing. And in the Scott Fishbowl, you are pretty much as close as you could possibly get. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it, I can't remember how far we got in our first year when we did the draft together. We got, we didn't get as far as you are, but we did quarter, pretty well. Quarterfinals we made uh, that year, uh, Scott Fishbowl 8, quarterfinals. Yeah, we had a, a good run that year. 
Um, made the quarterfinals again in, I want to say Scott Fishbowl 11. Yeah, I think it was 11. Um, and then, yeah, this is the furthest I've been. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, we still want Paul Pettit as well. He also writes for Five Yard Rush. There's four guys, I believe, that are in the UK that are still alive, and two of them are five yarders, myself and Paul. Also, shout out to um, uh, Dicey Krill, uh, Alistair Cook, and uh, Anthony Clee at the Boye uh, are also alive. The Boye, Anthony, has got an absolute monster team. So, uh, I think he's the leading light for the UK. I think he's got the best chance of getting the final, but we'll see. Pitsy, thanks very much. Uh, yeah, I finally cleared COVID, so I went and got a trim. <laughs> um, yeah, much needed. Uh, I can't tell you uh, for sure. And uh, yeah, Robbie Anderson. That was, that was a few years ago. I don't. He's Robbie Chosen now. Uh, he was Chosen Anderson last year. He's Robbie Chosen this year. Oh, he's I, not. This, oh, I swear he, he's on the Dolphins. I think he scored a touchdown a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, fair play. I mean, I did tip him a few years ago, and he absolutely bombed. Um, but that was also the year that I said that Tom Brady would be a top three QB and he was. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. Um, <laughs> you can't listen. I'm batting over 500. That's all I'm saying. If I can bat over there we 500, go. we'll keep it there. Yeah, love that, Dustin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, listen, I've, I've got a lot of things wrong this year. I've got a lot of things right. Uh, and I, that's the process, right? You were never going to get anything right all the time. Um, I stupidly said that Jalen Waddle wasn't going to have a good week. I wasn't thinking that Tyreek Hill was going to miss the game, and then he went off and had a huge, his best week of the season. Didn't see that coming. But, you know, can't be right all the time. Otherwise, uh, I'd be winning a lot of money and certainly wouldn't be doing this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always that. There's yeah. always that. So, you know, you talked about Jalen Waddle. Anything else from week 14 that surprised you? Um, yeah, let's talk about Ty Chandler, right? Because... I've been saying for a while that Alexander Madison's been bad, right? He's just been bad. And I'm, and I'm thinking, like, he's not been good anyway at any point in his career. But was it the fact if it was the Vikings or was it just the fact that Alexander Madison's bad and we got the report card on Sunday? And do you know what? Alexander Madison is bad. He's just bad. It's just him. Because Ty Chandler had 23 of the 2014 carries, 232 rushing yards and a touchdown. Plus he had three catches in the air for 25 yards. We had a 157-yard day. Um, to tell you how bad Alexander Madison has been, he had back-to-back 90-plus-yard games in week three and week four and has only cleared 80 rushing yards once this season after that. He hasn't averaged over four yards a carry since 2020. He's on 3.9 yards a carry this season, 3.8 in 2022, and 3.7 in 2021. So he is increasingly getting better every single season by 0.1 yard a carry. But he's still not hitting four. Like, Alexander Mass is bad. He's bad. Don't draft him next year. Just don't draft him. Don't like he can he can just he can go away. He's dust. Um do not stick him in a fantasy lineup at any point. Ty Chandler, I, I really in a horrible way. I hope Alexander Madison does not come back this week because he's only going to murk the water for Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler is the better running back. Ty Chandler is definitely the more explosive. He gets the production out of that team. Alexander Madison, not a thing. He can go. He can just depart fantasy football. Do not draft him next year. Just don't get fooled into it. It's not happening. Um, 
There's there's no way the Vikings don't draft or add a running back after Madison's terrible year, right? Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll add someone. Uh, well, I mean, they added Cam Akers, right? He is floating around somewhere uh, in the building. I don't know if he's like, I don't know, a mascot or something, but he is technically there. <clears throat> yeah, I think it depends on where they draft. I can see them going running back in the draft. Um, they might need oh. to go QB. Or, uh, you know, or, or we see a, a or we see a despondent Dalvin Cook say, "Please take me back, and I'll just pay for whatever money you wanted to pay me." <laughs> I think I, I think Dalvin Cook's dust, man. I wouldn't take him back. I think you know, they're better off without him. Uh, they'll find someone, whether it's a free agent, whether it's they draft someone. It kind of depends what happens. Um, speaking about what, let's see what happens. Let's talk about Drake London and Kyle Pitts. In fact, let's just talk about the Atlanta Falcons, right? No, we do this every week. We talk about how bad they are. Why? Because it's still shocking that Desmond Ritter threw the ball 20 times. He threw the ball 20 times on Sunday when they lost to the Carolina Panthers. Let's emphasize this. They lost to the Carolina Panthers, who couldn't beat. They, they wouldn't beat. I'm sorry. The Carolina Panthers would not beat the top four college football teams. You know, there's this whole debate every single year about would the worst NFL team beat the best college team? The Carolina Panthers are that bad. I'm really telling you now, Michigan would roll them over. Washington would roll them over. Texas is the only one. Obama would roll them over. Texas is probably the only one I think that is competitive. Georgia would roll them over just because they'd stamp them on defense. 100%. So... But Drake London and Carl Pitts had seven of the thir- of the twenty targets. It's seven of the twenty targets. The other thirteen went to seven other players. They threw they threw the ball twenty times to nine players. Like that's ridiculous. Like what are you <laughs> doing? Like that is genuinely one of the most like. And no one saw. Everyone's like, like oh, the usage of Bijan is bad, and the usage of Algier is bad. London is bad. And Pitts is bad. The usage of everybody's bad. How do they have nine guys on the roster to throw the ball to? How? Who? Like, we talked about well, this offseason. They had the worst receiving core in the NFL. The worst. Single-handedly the worst. They, like, Kadarius Hodge was like wide receiver three on this roster. Yes, they traded for Van Jefferson. But this team's bad. Like, how are nine guys getting the ball? Or getting targeted for the ball, like it's it's a it's it's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. It's genuinely bad. And I, you know, we said last week you weren't here, stocks, but I was saying that Bijan's performance was a fluke because the Bucks put nine guys on the field. That's how he scored his touchdown. It saved his day, and it was like Bijan's back. And I was like, just be careful. I don't think he is. <laughs> and I, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. But you cannot trust the Atlanta Falcons. If you have Bijan, if you have Drake London, if you have Kyle Pitt, they all need to leave your lineup this week. They got Taylor Heineke under center again. They stupidly have dropped their quarterback again. They keep flip-flopping. They can't make a decision. It's it's embarrassingly bad. I couldn't, I can't put an Atlanta Falcon player in a fantasy lineup that is fighting for a title unless I literally have no one else. Like, I'm telling you now, if you give me the choice between Drake London and Demarcus Robinson of the Rams, I'm taking Robinson. Mm. He scored in his last three games. He's got a usage 
that at least I can put in the lineup. He might not be elite. He's going to get me somewhere between 8 and 13 points. But at least I know that he's not going to get me zero. And Drake London genuinely could get you like two points this week. Like, can you really roll out and trust a fantasy lineup with a single Atlanta Falcon in it? I can't. I genuinely can't. Unless there's literally no one else. If there's no one else, fine. Like, you've got to roll it. But you shouldn't have Kyle Pitts on any of your teams. He should have been gone in redraft. And Dynasty is a different story. Of course it is. But Drake London's the only one you can think about starting. With Taylor Heineke? No, thanks. I'm out. I, I'm out. Uh, just get out of the, the Atlanta Falcons business. Horrendous. And then here's, here's a really shocking stat, right? And this is relevant for this week. So Tua, Tua has had seven top 12 finishes this season, but he's only had two in his last six games. He was the quarterback 22 last week, and he is not good. And I talked about this last week and on the strategy pod. He is not good when he's playing top 16 um, quarterbacks. Um, I even wrote about this last week. Um, in fact, I'm going to literally pull the numbers up when I do this. But as I'm doing that, um, Dag Prescott has six top 12 finishes this season, but he's only had two in his last five games. To talk about how wacky this season is, Baker Mayfield has seven top 12 finishes this season, but three of them have been in his last six games. So on form of the last six games, Baker Mayfield has better has had better weeks and more likely won you more matchups than Tua or Dak Prescott. What a stupid world we live in that that is that is something that is real. Um, also, like, that's that, that's the most quarterback stat to go with the quarterback season we've had, though, right? Oh, it absolutely is. And like, let's let's take it further. Like, I've slated Baker Mayfield a lot, and I have to give him credit where it's due. Last week he was phenomenal. Last week he threw. He's the first quarterback to throw three or more touchdowns. He threw four. And have a perfect passer rating as an opposing quarterback at Lambeau Field in the history of the NFL. Like that's ridiculous. Like it's just what world are we living in that like that is that is him. Like that we're listening, we're watching Baker Mayfield have an elite performance, and he's had three top twelve finishes in the last twelve in the last six weeks, and two are and he's had more top twelve finishes than Dak Prescott all season. Yep. And then he's had more, he's had the same amount as Tua, but he's had more recently. It's just like, I just don't like, here's the stat, right, on Tua, right? And this is important. Um, So I wrote this up last week for, for Fantasy Pros, right? And this is the reason why I'm out on Tua in the playoffs. And if you're playing against me, you'll notice Tua's on my bench in most leagues. Um. Tua struggles against teams who are top 16, who are top 16 against quarterbacks. Tua only put up, and this was up to last week, so this has changed slightly, but not that much. He only put up 14 points this week. Tua only put up 8.82 fantasy points against the Jets in week 12. In the eight games he has played against teams who are against who are in the top 16 against quarterbacks in terms of fantasy points allowed, Tua is averaging just 14.34 fantasy points. Last week, Tua got you. About that. I think it's like he got 14.5, 14.6. It was around that number. So he got around about the average. Um, You just can't trust two in the fantasy playoffs. 
he just does not have a good record against good top 16 defenses. If he's averaging 14 points, he hit that average last week. And that was a game where they won 30 to nothing. Going to be in slightly more competitive games. That could mean he throws it a bit more. He might have Tyreek Hill back. That might add a bit. I'm just saying, just be a little bit careful of Tyreek Hill, or of Tua Tagovailoa in the next two weeks because that average of 14.34 fantasy points when he's playing teams against the top 16, he's got them in the next two weeks. Just be a little careful. I'm fading him because I'm, I've got him on teams. I've got like Brock Purdy and, and things like that. So I'm fa- I I legitimately have a start set of Tua or Kyler Murray and I've gone Kyler Murray. Because I just think Kyler Murray might get me a ceiling. I don't think Tua gets me a ceiling. Yeah, that's that's fair. I should have started Kyler last week in one of my playoffs. I went for Howell because of yeah, I guess just attempts and uh, and he, as we'll talk about later, got benched. But I should we have you? See, you must have seen the T Higgins touchdown catch right against the Vikings. Oh, it's elite. It's an elite catch. I I think from a total catch perspective, it could be the best catch I have ever seen. It's up there. Because it's, it's the technique, isn't it? And and the ability to, to get past the map and the awareness. And th- that's it. It's the awareness of not only where he is and how he's caught the ball, but where the goal line is and what to do with the football whilst catching it. It's, it's t- maybe not the most spectacular catch, but the fact he's caught it on the byline whilst being tackled and had the awareness to spin his arm around to break the plane whilst being dragged out of bounds before being out of bounds is, is breathtaking. Yeah, it really is a stunning catch. It's a stunning catch and he's going to have to do it again this week for the Bengals because there's no Jamar Chase this week. Yeah. So he is going to be the guy. He elevates up massively this week for Bengals um, and their playoff hopes, which are, I mean, a tough division, you know. Ultimately, you know, they got the Ravens who are looking a lot. They got the Browns who are still alive. The Steelers are still alive. That's a tough division there, uh, all around. There's a couple of other trends I wanted to pick up, and they're not surprises. They're just things that I found really interesting. Um, so let's talk about Jared Goff, right? So Jared Goff had an absolute stinker against the Bears a couple of weeks ago. He had a, a reasonably good game. Last week, and I've been looking through and like trying to understand why Jared Goff sometimes just puts in a really bad fantasy performance. And you're gonna laugh when I tell you this, but it's because it's cold. He's a California boy, and he genuinely struggles in the cold. In the cold, so in Jared Goff's career, he's played 22 games outside in the winter cold, and when he has done, and that's where it's like single digits in in, in um, Celsius. So we're talking like sub 45-ish is about that line. Um, He's averaging in the winter cold where it's like single digits in Celsius, he's averaging a pitiful 12.9 fantasy points. So in week 14 against the Bears, he was held to 161 yards. He threw multiple picks. Um, The game time temperature was 36 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about one, is about two degrees. So when it's that cold, he genuinely struggles. Um, now, when it's indoors, Goss' uh, fantasy average jumps to a pretty good 19.1 points per game. Um, 
there is good news. He is indoors for the rest of the fantasy season. So if you're like umming and ahhing on whether to start Jared Goff, he's not playing in the cold. He's playing indoors. He's in bowls for both games. You can start him. You can feel pretty comfortable with that. But it's just interesting that he struggles when the when it is really cold. So this this resonated with me. And I've just been looking it up. And I can't seem to find an answer. I think the same can be said for UFC, another California team. They mm. tend to play terribly when they go to cold places. Or uh, and you think with all the traveling teams do now in the NFL and college that they would be not used to it, but be able to acclimatize better. Yeah, but how how do you? Uh, the Buccaneers were the same for years. The Buccaneers, whenever they used to travel on the road in winter conditions, used to really struggle. And it's only been the last sort of half a dozen years. Uh, well, they were but when they had Tom Brady, when they had Tom Brady, one of the best cold weather quarterbacks. But you say that, but they did it at the weekend. They did it. They went to Lambo in the weekend when it was similar temperature, and they absolutely bossed it. So it's it it's not just it's not just Tom Brady. It's there has been a seismic shift in the last four or five years where the Buccaneers aren't doing better in colder conditions, but they, they used to historically be horrific. And they're not the only team. There's quite a few teams that have generally struggled uh, on the road in, in the cold. The Dolphins are one that sort of popped to mind as well. Um, another stat is, I, again, I've been really perplexed by Brees Hall this year. So... I'm like trying to understand, and I know look, I know that the team is bad, right? And I know they want to Trevor Simeon at quarterback this week. So all bets are off as to what happens for the Jets. But in the through the first seven games, 31% of Brees Hall's fantasy points came through the air. So he was generally getting the majority of his points as a rushing running back, which is kind of what you would expect. Um, but since then, over the second half of the season, more than 80% of his fantasy production has come through the air. Like more than 80% of his production as a running back has come as effectively as a wide receiver. Like that is baffling. And before their blowout loss to the um, Dolphins, um, he had three straight games. We saw eight or more targets. For a running back, that's ludicrous. Yeah. It's it's a strange, it's a strange scenario. What's up, Sven? Long time no speak. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one. Like, I, I just am generally like eighty percent of his product. So it makes me think if that is a constant trend with Trevor Simeon coming in now, do I trust Brees Hall this week because he's not getting anything on the ground, or do we just risk it and see what happens? I genuinely am perplexed. <laughs> is why I looked into this because I'm sitting there thinking like he's not a must start. If he gets eight, if he get, if you tell me now on Sunday he's going to get eight targets, I'm in. I, I like I'll, I'll start him. But he got two against the Dolphins, so I genuinely don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know if I can start him yet. I need to really work out my process and decide what I'm going to do because I am a little bit perplexed as to what to do with Priest Hall. And he's causing fantasy managers an absolute headache. Um, yeah. But 80, over 80% production in the second half of the season has come through the air. So he's effectively doing nothing on the ground, which is just baffling for a guy of his talent. Is he hurt? Is he not hurt? I don't know. Like, it's genuinely baffling. But surely if he was if he was hurt at this point in the Jets season with Aaron Rodgers now definitely not playing... 
they would have said, right, Brees, if you're hurt, we're just going to shut you down for the year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you would think rather than throw him out as a receiver. <laughs> I mean, you're paying all that money to you're paying all that money to Dalvin Cook. So just let him have a go. Yeah, wild. It is it is baffling? I'm genuinely stunned. But that was anyway. I I got into it because that's what I do. I try and solve problems that are just bothering bothering me, and and uh, just bother me where his points are coming from. But yeah, there we go. Crazy. That's crazy. I'll tell you who else is solving problems. Not solving problems, but doing something to prove his critics wrong. That's Brock Purdy. I think he's second in the NFL in yards per attempt, but 32nd in the league in attempts or something crazy like that. So Brock Purdy's just out there just raising hell on very little attempts. It's crazy. Mr. Irrelevant could genuinely win MVP. Like I, he, could, I, he could genuinely win MVP because you have to look at the criteria to win MVP is you have to be the one seed in your conference and you're the starting quarterback, which at the moment it's Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy. Who are you giving the MVP to out of those two? I, that's such a difficult question because I think Lamar's had an unbelievable year. I'm giving it to Purdy because we didn't expect it. Well, is there Lamar, is that. Um... Is, is, is Lamar Jackson any better than he was? And it, it's unfair. It's unfair. I totally understand this. Don't come at me because I love Lamar Jackson. <laughs> but he is not as good as he was in his MVP year. Yeah. And I think the same Don't can be said me, for CM. Like CMC yeah. is exactly the same, right? He's had a 1,000-1,000 season and he's not going to get that this year in receiving. So he's he's nowhere near as good as he was in his best year, and he didn't win MVP then. No, and you, unfortunately, running backs don't win it as much as personally. I think he deserves it. I think he, even Brock Purdy says he deserves it. I wouldn't be angry if he won it, but I can't see it. It's so if if things stay as they stand, and that that is, we still got three games to play. Brock Purdy for me probably is going to win the MVP. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, I, I think he's irrelevant winning the MVP would, would literally send the NFL draft into this would be like up uh, this would be getting there with like Brady at 199 stuff. Oh it, it, yeah. It's it, crazy the fact that the last player who could not have been drafted essentially by one pick goes on to win an MVP and potentially a Super Bowl. Do, do you know what I think they should do? If he wins MVP, 
you know they do like the Mr. Irrelevant week and the Mr. Irrelevant parade. He should yeah. get his own Mr. Irrelevant MVP parade. Like that. <laughs> that would genuinely be the greatest thing ever. Like they should sell subscriptions to that. I'd pay and watch it. Like that that stuff would be hilarious. Like I think it'd be great. Someone needs to do it, market it. There you go. If you're listening, there's a business idea. Go get the right people involved and go make a load of money off it. And then cut me off a slice for the idea. I, th- I think he. it would be nice for him to win it because he was the last or one of the last of the generation of non-NIL deals. So you've got Arch Manning out there making 3.2 something million this year and Brock Purdy's on 700 grand, like five yeah. times what Brock Purdy's earned. And the guy could be an NFL MVP. And Arch Manning hasn't really played football yet. It's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. Let's let's talk then some statistical trends that we need to monitor heading into this second to last momentous week of the fantasy playoffs, Murph. And starting with James Cook. Let's talk about Sir James Cook, right? Because Sir James, Sir James Cook. I'm knighting him. <laughs> I'm knighting him. I've got quite a bit of James Cook. He got me through a difficult matchup after difficult matchup last week. I'm knighting wait well, because there was the explorer, right? Sir James Cook. Uh, so yeah. Um, He's had his two strongest games of the year over the last two weeks. He's looking like a league winner. Um, it's not the best role. He's getting vultured touchdowns off uh, Josh Allen. But ultimately, the guy is absolutely storming it. The last couple of weeks, he has been phenomenal. He's been up there, top five, top six running back each of the last two weeks. And he's pretty much eliminated Latavius Murray to a season-low 17% snap share but Murray does vulture some touches inside the 10, which is really annoying. But Sir James Cook, dock my cat to you, sir. You are absolutely crushing it. I'm excited to see what you bring uh, this week. I hope I'm playing more with you than against you this week. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, I've had no James Cook this season and... I've, I've, I've suffered for it. Um, Ty Chandler, we mentioned him earlier. If anything else you want to mention on him before we shift on? Uh, huge load, 79% of snaps. Um, uh, I put that he's likely to earn a 50-50 share of Alexander Madison if he's back. If they go to a 50-50 share, then Kevin O'Connell's an idiot. <laughs> like, I've just <laughs> talked about like why Alexander Madison is bad. Like, Let's just give Ty Chandler the ball. Let's just forget Alexander Madison exists. Or we can have a few... like courtesy touches or whatever you you have to do to you know make him not be angry i don't know but like ultimately just give ty chandler the ball that's all you got to do it's not it really isn't that hard um he he's been elite yes so let's talk some zeus zamir white finally did something in the nfl with josh jacobs being absent yeah 71 percent snaps 59 percent roots run he got all the running back touches which was two of them inside the 10 he had a really good week i mean did anyone see the Raiders putting up 63 points on Thursday night football? I certainly didn't like that was nope. of, of this crazy season. Seeing the Raiders put up 63 points without Josh Jacobs with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. Yeah. I like, I'm done. Like I'm done with the end of it. Like what people sit here and go, Oh, it's scripted. It's scripted. Like you can't script that. You can't, nope. you can't script Baker Mayfield throwing a perfect game at Lambeau and you cannot script the Raiders putting up 63 points after being shut out in a 3 nothing loss the following week. Not even the following week, five days previously. Like, mm. it's wild. Like, it's genuinely mind-blowing. Like, I thought Brandon Staley must have had 
dirty secrets on Dean's spouse. I definitely thought that was a thing. Because it's like, how is how is Staley not being fired? And then he puts up, he loses. <laughs> the Raiders come to town, put up 63 points. And they're like, yeah, seen enough. He can go. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe Brandon <clears throat> Staley was still in the job until Friday. Like, that was wild. Like, if you put, if you, if, if Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders with no head coach put up 63 points against you, yeah, you deserve to lose your job. Yeah, he's probably going to go, yeah, fair enough. I can't argue. I've got no to <laughs> Um, I've, I've already packed. I'm off. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I was expecting this phone call. Yeah. It's coming four hours previously. I don't know what you were doing. I'll take the extra day's pay, though. Cheers. Yeah. Um, yeah, wild. Um, but Samir White is no longer going to be a thing because it looks like Josh Jacobs is packed this week. So Samir White will pretty much do uh, very little this week. Yeah. Talking of someone who's oh. not back, Keelan Allen has just been ruled out of this weekend's football. <sighs> That's so bad. Yeah, That's- I know. That's a killer. It's a killer. The some of my teams. I um I I played in one of my in my second home league, the one that I'm not in with you, Murph, but another one. I made a big playoff push for Keenan Allen and traded a first round pick for him this year, and then he didn't play last week. And had I've made the playoffs, he wouldn't have played today. So I've now got an aging wide receiver that didn't help me in the playoffs. So thank you, Mister Allen. Although I don't blame him with the state that the Chargers are currently in. Yeah, it's a tough. What? Uh, Tough place to be. What? What did this, something just popped up about Taylor and uh, Pittman as well? But I, uh, I did not see practiced. it. Both practiced today. Oh, well, that's good news. That's good news. Devin Singletary Murph continues to do Singletary stuff. Yeah, wild. Well, so a couple of weeks ago, I said, "Oh, Damian Pierce is is like he's getting back <laughs> into the groove with Devin Singletary." And I said last week, "Oh, it looks like Devin Singletary's got his roll back," and now it looks like Damian Pierce has fallen completely off a cliff. Um. This is, of all the players I got wrong, he is the one I got wrong probably the most this season. I was convinced Damian Pierce was going to be a thing. Uh, I made a big thing about he'd been shot and he came back. Um, no, it was Brian Robinson. I said that Damian Pierce had a heavy <laughs> role, though. <laughs> I think he was the other one. But we were right about Brian Robinson, so I'm okay with that one. Um, it's because he got shot. That's why and he came back. Um, but, yeah, I, um, I I did think Pierce would have a big role. And he, he I, I didn't think Damian... I didn't think Devin Singleton was going to be a thing, and he has. You know, 75% of snaps, 58% reach runs. He had 31 touches on Sunday. Now, I know that they didn't have CJ Stroud, but did anyone see a 31-touch Devin Singletree game coming? Because I certainly didn't. Um, he had 170 total yards. Like, Damian Pierce played on four snaps in a game that was so running back heavy for them that Devin Singletree had 31 touches. Pierce played on four snaps. If That's not know, unusual. Like Singletary did have a thirty carry game a couple of weeks ago, though. Thirty touch game, yeah. But but Pierce played a lot of snaps as well. It was a very running heavy game with the conditions. For Pierce to play four snaps, that is bye bye. He's done. Like if he's on your rosters, he can go. Uh, I, I like. I'm genuinely concerned when they had no CJ Stroud. They had Case Keenum stinking up the place, and they let Devin Singletary basically just have every ball. It's just like, yeah, and, and Noah Brown got a bit. If, if Damian Pierce can't get anything in that game script, he done. Four snaps? Yeah, bye. He can go off rosters. If you've got him anywhere, he can go. If he's in Dynasty, maybe see if he gets traded. It's mm, fair. Rashi Rice. Love him. Absolutely love Rashi Rice. First game over, 90% of roots. 
He's absolutely smashing all those key peripheral numbers. He is a mid-range wide receiver two for the rest of the season with wide receiver one upside. He is a smash play in every single line. If you have Rashi Rice in your fantasy roster and he is not starting, I'd love to see your roster. I'd love to know how you can't get him in your team. He is, for me, easily a top 15 wide receiver rest of the season. Good schedule, good matchups. Everything goes his way. I'm all for Rashi Rice. He's absolutely dominating. That role is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And with no Sky Moore and with the rest of his supporting cast being bang average, it, it, it really is Rashi Rice to the moon uh, for the rest of the fantasy playoffs. <laughs> the new cryptocurrency, Rashi Rice to the moon. Trade right. McBride. Trade Mc, McBride, Murph. You uh, continually talk about this fella and it's for good stuff. So, uh, I think Dynasty Rich, Rich Cooling, was on a couple of weeks ago, said that he would have Trey McBride in his Dynasty rankings over Sam Laporta <clears throat> because of Sam Laporta likely getting and probably getting some touchdown regression. I'm completely with Rich on this, 120%. I am literally Sam Laporta. If you gave me a choice right now to draft Trey McBride or Sam Laporta, I'm taking Trey McBride because his role is completely replicable. It's the same. It could have the same role next season. He is, he still missed time. He missed some time in the week, uh, in the game. He had to go off. He had his shoulder. He had 11 targets on just, 11, on just 72% of roots run because he missed some time. So that meant he had 33% of targets per route run. So every time he ran a route, every one in three, he got the ball, which is just an absurd number. A good number is somewhere around about 25%. 33 is elite. Like, that's an elite number. So he is clearly, like, he's on the field. He's getting the ball. And that is what's going to happen. So I, if you have Trey McBride in your fantasy lineups, he is going to be a significant advantage, especially in PPR for the rest of the season. Okie dokie. Let's talk about another tight end who's had a, a monster week, David Njuku. <laughs> Well, he's not just monster week last week, but ever since Joe Flacco's come back or come into the side, David Njuku has just gone off. He's been absolutely monstrous. He scored a couple of touchdowns two weeks ago. He follows that up with 14 targets. And we just talked about Trey McBride having 33% targets per route run. David Njuku beat that. He had 37% targets per route run. Like, that's ridiculous. It's such an insanely high number. He is absolutely dominating but he's also really efficient with the ball when he's got it as well. So David Njuku is a top five fantasy tight end for the rest of the season. He's going to win you games. Him, McBride, Laporta. I could argue that those three are more valuable than Kelsey right now. Yeah. I I don't disagree with that at all. Taylor Swift has clearly ruined Travis Kelsey, but hey, <laughs> that's... Uh... That's for Hanson to make jokes on and not me. Dontavian Wicks, Murph. Strong outing. Oh, really strong outing against the Bucks. Now, Christian Watson out. Christian Watson didn't practice yesterday. I haven't seen if he's practiced today or not. Uh, he had seven targets, led the team, 97 yards uh, receiving. Uh, season high, 76% of routes. Um, this guy was a waiver wire ad this week. You had to add him, if nothing else, because you didn't want someone else to start him against you. Uh, he... he I'm not saying you necessarily have to start him this week because it is a, a tough matchup. But I look at that and just think you've got to have him because he's got he's getting a more valuable role. 
if you look at that wide receiver core now, it's all about Jaden Reed, who we talked about for weeks or months or however long we talked about Jaden Reed. And then it's Ontavian Wicks. And then there's one other person we'll get to in a bit. It's not Romeo Dubs. That Rob, that role is continuing to decline for him. He's down to a really minuscule amount of uh, of snaps played and targets on the team. Um, Christian Watson, probably not going to play this week. I don't know for sure. We'll see. But he hasn't practiced yet, so that's not a good sign. Dontavian Wicks, man. If you're just looking for a flyer to, to, to do something this week, he could be your guy. He might still be out there in your league. So go pick him up. Another ACL tear for a Ravens running back. But hey, the Gus bus is back. Toot toot. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is a weird one that they kind of sidelined him when he was on this crazy run of scoring multiple touchdowns every week. Um, but now that Keaton Mitchell is gone, um, I do expect Gus Edwards, especially as they've got a more difficult schedule over the next couple of weeks and they're trying to secure the one seed, I expect Gus Edwards to have an elevated role. He's clearly, when they've been the two running backs, him and Hill, he dominated. When he had his best weeks, there was no Keaton Mitchell. It was just him. It was just Hill. I do expect Melvin Gordon to probably get a few snaps here or there because it seems to be that they like to have multiple running backs uh, available to them. But I expect an elevated role for the Gus Bus. I expect him to be a startable option. I've got him inside my top 20 running backs this week. And I think if he can score you a couple of touchdowns this week, which is very doable, he's getting all the work inside the 10, he could be a, a running back one this week. Yeah, I've got <laughs> quite a lot of Gus Bus in my playoff team. So I'm excited for hopefully the punch home those two touchdowns that you just promised me, Murph. Let's talk some Jameson Williams. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he's finally starting to be the the wide receiver that we kind of half expected when he was drafted. He's up to a season high seventy two percent of routes. He had seven targets. He had one hundred and thirteen air yards. Everything was kind of going well for Jamison Williams. It is all trending upwards. It's not necessarily correlating in the box score yet, but that role is growing. If you're a dynasty player and you have Jamison Williams, this is the kind of thing you want to see. Jamison Williams can't start in a redraft league he's not in unless you're in a super deep league he's not a player i'd be playing in the championship playoffs but this is what you want to see from the lions and from jameson williams for at least the rest of the season to give you confidence for next season if he can start the season healthy josh reynolds is under 60 percent of roots as a second straight week that's happened but it's only the third time all year that's happened so it definitely is very much like Josh Reynolds is on the, the, the downturn. Jameson Williams is on the upward turn. But Jameson Williams isn't in a startable conversation yet. But as a dynasty owner of Jameson Williams, you'll be at least pleased to see an upward trajectory in his performance. How about Darren Waller? Is he startable this week? Yeah, I think I think you've got to start him with how bad the tight end position is. He's a low-end tight end one for me. 27% targets per route run. That's a, a really good rate. He did only run in 48% of routes in his return. It's not a surprise he's been out with an injury, but he's still got six targets on those 48 routes. So really good number to see for Darren Waller. It'd be really good to see that number this week. There isn't really a lot of talent on this roster. <laughs> Tommy DeVito isn't really a deep ball pass. So he's going to keep it shallow and short. I expect Darren Waller to be significant in the final weeks of the season if he stays healthy. Okay, let's talk some Jalen Waddle. What are you doing with him now, 
Tyreek is back at practice. He goes back to my bench. He goes back to my bench this week. I can't start him. Going into this week, Jalen Waddle was the wide receiver 28. Right? So going to last week, sorry. He was the wide receiver 28 going into last week. Yes, Hill goes out. Yes, he has a monster game because there isn't another wide receiver to target. They don't really play with tight ends. So it really is just everything went to Jalen Waddle. And he did well. Like Don't get me wrong. He did well. He might carve a very small role for himself. But ultimately, Jalen Waddle has not been trustable in starting lineups. He's burned you more likely than he has actually performed for you. And then, as I talked about Tua Tagovailoa earlier, he doesn't really perform in these big games against teams winning records, against teams that are good against quarterbacks. So if you think about the fact that he's only getting about these 14, 15 points, yes, okay, wide receivers score more, they get touchdowns, etc., and all that. I can't see a path to Jalen Waddle getting 15 fantasy points this week. So the way I look at it is if I have a player who's going to get me a bankable 12 points, Jalen Waddle sits on my bench. And if I've got a championship team and Jalen Waddle's part of it, I probably have like Mike Evans. I probably have uh, Amorase Brown or I have uh, Puka Nakua. I have have options that aren't Jalen Waddle. Um, Devonta Smith is another one. I'm just thinking of teams where I have Jalen Waddle and then I'm thinking I'm just not starting him because I've got yeah. these other options. I <clears throat> I can't start him unless I unless I'm really like I think he's a, a high end wide receiver three that's flexible. I get it. If you can if you haven't got the deepest of rosters, I, I I get it. But if you if your roster's stacked, he should probably sit. I just named a load. I I can name you about 25 players I'd easily start over Jalen Waddle, but we're running out of time, so I'm not going to. But I, I, I'll i look at my rankings. I think he's probably somewhere in that sort of wide receiver. I had him at wide receiver 26 before the Hill injury, like last week. I think Hill's going to play this week. I'll probably have him in a very similar sort of range, somewhere between wide receiver 23 and wide receiver 26 is where I imagine he'll end up in my rankings. Which is is a, is a bench wide receiver unless you need to flex him, right? Like you said, it's... He's a low starter, high flex... <clears throat> But if you've got better receivers, if you built receive heavy drafts, you probably have better options than, than Jalen Waddle. So at the start of the season, I was convinced that Khalil Herbert was going to be the thing. You definitely told me he wasn't. And hey, look, Roshan Johnson is, is now the guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I I, I was out on Kalen. Uh, I, I was out on, on Khalil Herbert early. I thought Foreman would be the, the guy. And then he got injured and they didn't start. And then Roshan kind of started to be the guy. And then he got injured. And then Khalil Herbert got injured. And then Foreman became the guy. And then now, look, Roshan Johnson is the most talented running back on this roster. He's the best running back on this roster. Um, the only thing that was a surprise to me was that he got more of the role. 48% of snaps, 42% of routes in a mostly positive script. Um, so, Typically, when they're winning games, he doesn't really get featured. It's only when they're trading games and they're looking for that explosiveness. Rachel Johnson comes in. Uh, Dante Foreman was really bad. If you started Dante Foreman, you probably didn't win your matchup last week. He ended up with negative points last week. Um, <laughs> so, uh, going forward, I expect Roshan to be the guy. Um, I, th- you know, I don't, I can't. But having said that, I can't trust any of them in the starting lineup this week. But if I had to pick one for Dynasty going forward, Roshan Johnson would be that guy. So the mess that is the Steelers saw Jalen Warren have a bright week. Yeah, it, it, you know, <laughs> it's a funny one. I think we talked about this last week with Shane. We were saying at no point 
At no point, Jalen Warren has had a dominant role. And I was sitting here saying, like, Najee Harris is still the guy. He still has the majority of snaps every single week. And then it's like the Steelers were tuning into this podcast and like, you suck. We're going to make sure that we do something very, very different. <laughs> and so Jalen Warren plays on 83% of roots, which is, and he had seven high value touches, which <clears throat> season high in roots, season high in high value touches. And it's the first time we've seen him in this sort of, sort of role for over a season. Like, well, just, just in case Mike Tomlin is listening, Murph, anything you should suggest this week for the Steelers to do? Um, they don't listen to me because I said get rid of Matt Canada about like a year ago. Um, but I, I just want to salute him. I said, listen, you've got a pretty average team and you're in contention. Like, kudos to you, my friend. You're having a great season. He doesn't need to listen to me. He, he he's, he's a god in football. Like, for what he does with mediocre talent, like, hats off to you. I can't criticize Mike, Mike Tomlin one, one iota. Um, he's not an offensive guy. He's a defensive guy. I, I, there's not a lot of time for, for Mike Tomlin. I've got a lot of time for the Steelers organization. I think they're a very classy organization. Um, they tend to do things the right way more often than not. The way they treat their players and the way they treat their staff, uh, they tend to do things the right way. I, I don't really have a lot of criticism. So there's not much I can say. But um, if I could ask for something, because it's Christmas, just you've been feeding Deontay Johnson the ball. He's got touchdowns in three consecutive games, which is phenomenal. Just keep doing that because I love Deontay Johnson. Just keep, just keep giving Deontay Johnson the ball and I'm a happy bunny. Right. You said we're going to mention another Packer. Let's talk some Tucker Craft. Season high, 93% of roots. He finds the box on uh, Sunday against the Buccaneers who gifted them a touchdown early in this game. Um, Tucker Craft is a, he's, if you're looking at a player with an upward role who could find the box, Tucker Craft on the, on the waiver wire is probably that guy. Um, I'm not saying you definitely start him, but when I when you look outside of sort of like the top seven or eight tight end options, the rest are just a crapshoot. I'm probably willing to throw Tucker Craft in with like a Cade Otten as those two guys are the guys I think are most likely to find the box, as opposed to someone like a Dallas Goddard, as opposed to a Pat Freemuth. These are the sorts of players who just haven't consistently found um found the box and aren't in an upward trajectory um craft otten those two guys are take your pick uh, i would much rather sort of if i was stuck if i had like cole Komet and i didn't trust him this week you know juan johnson gerald everett if i'm in that kind of ilk of player and i'm like struggling yeah i'd i'd make the case for for tucker craft this week i think he's someone that you can I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to find the box, but I'm, I'm looking at players with upward trajectories. He's definitely in that scheme of of players that are going in the right direction. As is Kate Otten. Those two guys are guys. I'm thinking they could find the box this weekend. They're more likely to find it than guys like Hunter Henry who doesn't score touchdowns on the road, for example. So, yeah, give it a spin if you're desperate for a touchdown to the tight end position. Uh, finding the box, 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 box. Sam Howell got benched. Yeah. If he had if if he had completed one more pass, Murph, I would have I would have made the semis in my home league. So oh. that, that, yeah. I lost by less than one point. Wow, that's crazy. Um look, Jacoby Brissett played well, man. Um I I'm not gonna lie, <clears throat> at the start of the season, if you told me that Hal 
would still be the start of 14 games in, I'd have gone no way. I wouldn't have believed you. Um, but he, he he's had a good season. Um, like I can't, I can't really criticize somehow. I don't think he's been good the last couple of games. I felt the decision to bench him was harsh. And then now you've got Pandora's box because now you've sort of said, hey, we got Jacoby. He's experienced and he played pretty well. Now they've named Sam Howe as the starter this week, but his leash is, we're now in the Mac Jones, Brady Zap, Bailey Zap kind of territory of, if if Sam Howe doesn't play well for like three or four series, he's gone. You can't play Sam Howe in the lineup anymore because that Pandora's box has been opened. And now you know you've got someone like Jacoby Brissett there who can come in and do a job. I personally, like if I'm, if I'm Washington, I don't know why you just don't finish the season with Sam Howell. You're not making the playoffs. So I kind of like, I don't know like why you wouldn't just finish the season with Sam Howell. Um, because then you can do your full evaluation, decide what you want to do next year. I mean, Ron Rivera is pretty much gone. So maybe he just doesn't care. I don't know. Like, it's just, the problem is you've got this scenario in Washington where it's just a complete unknown. It's a complete unknown. The head coach is one foot out of the door. It's the worst kept secret that he is likely gone. So is, is Biennemi like the coach in waiting? Are they going to clean house? Is there going to be a new GM? Are they going to go new quarterback? Like, it's just, it's just, Washington's a mess. And it's not a surprise <laughs> given their ownership that they're a mess, but it doesn't help fantasy football. Um, the one thing I'll point out as well, and I haven't talked about this, but I just published my, Article on Fantasy Pros. If you don't know it, it's the wide receiver cornerback matchups. I've got Curtis Samuel uh, in there as a matchup. I'm looking to swerve uh, this week. Um, I just don't... I hate his matchup. He's up against Marlon Humphrey. Uh, sorry, no. Oh. No, sorry. He's not. <laughs> let me let me get it right. He is up against Michael Carter of the Jets. Um, so, you know, Carter top six corner in the league in terms of fantasy points per route run conceded as in a lack of them. Uh, Jets only allow 17.9 fantasy points per game to fantasy wide receivers. And then you've got this mess of what's going on at quarterback head coach. I just, I'm just fading them all. Like Thomas can sit, Samuel can sit, McLaurin can sit, Howell can sit. They can all sit. Cause I just don't like that situation against the Jets. I don't love it. And if I'm wrong, I'll swallow it but none of them are good enough. They're not elite. We're not talking about benching a Justin Jefferson here. We're not talking about benching an elite player. Uh, the only one that I might consider playing if he's healthy, and he certainly doesn't look it at the moment, is Brian Robinson. Everyone else, I'm out. I just I don't want part of it. Um, if I had Logan Thomas, he can go. I'll take Kraft or Otten or, or one of those guys. I I just don't want part of Washington this week. Against the Jets, with all that uncertainty, and now we've got... Pandora's box opened. Nah. No, thanks. I just that's I'm out. That's, that's absolutely fair. A blast from the past. The name I recognise on this doc, Tommy Tremble. I know, right? Tommy Tremble. Um, I, I, I didn't Wild. Really know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why I put him on here. I'll be honest with you. I was like, <laughs> I'm thinking like I haven't talked about a Panthers player for about five weeks now. I figure like I should probably mention something of them. And so... Tommy Tremble, 71% of roots, which was a season high. 
don't start okay. him. Don't grab him. <laughs> I just don't. It's just, it's just interesting in a game that they won nine seven. Tommy Tremble got some action. Like um, it's, it's, it's a, a Carolina, uh, yeah. it's a Carolina trend. <laughs> it's basically like it's, it's Tuba Hubbard and no one else. Just forget about the Panthers are one of those teams you can just ignore. Like it can just go away and not important. Unfortunately, like and I don't mean to upset Panthers fans, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the Panthers are doing that. <laughs> I probably already did that when I said that the top four college teams would beat them. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say just like Tommy Tremble, seventy-one percent snaps. Maybe that's a thing. I don't really know. I, I don't trust it enough to put him in a lineup or or even waiver bid him. But who knows? If he finds the box this week, I look like a genius. That's probably the only reason I put it on there. But yeah, I, I don't. I don't trust him at all. And then last up, former Denver Bronco Noah Fant. I, I, you know how much I love Noah Fant. So anytime I get to talk about him in a positive light, I'm going to do it. Sixties and high, sixty nine percent of roots. Um, he was the main tight end in eleven personnel, uh, which is good. Um, and basically, I think they're going to stay eleven personnel more. JSN starting to become more of a thing. He scored the crucial touchdown for them to beat the Eagles. Uh, by the way. I have to shout this out. The, have you seen the moment that um, the game's about to end and Drew Locke and uh, Geno Smith have a moment? No. It's a beautiful thing. Like, this is why I love sport. So, like, Drew Locke is doing, like, I think it's like a, it's almost like a, 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 a like a MOBOT on his chest. He's going like that. I don't know, maybe his heart. I can't quite tell what he's doing. He's doing like this sort of motion. And then Geno Smith, who's on the touchline, who's injured and he's not playing, he's doing the exact same thing on the touchline. He's looking at Drew Locke and he's he's doing the exact same thing. And it's a really beautiful moment of a guy who has gone through a heck of a lot in his career in Geno Smith to eventually get a starting gig. He gets injured and he's supporting his backup. It was, a, it was just a really nice, touching moment for sports. And Drew Locke is one of those guys that, He's not blessed with elite talent, but you can't help but root for the guy. He's got a really great personality. He's got a really great heart and kindness. And um, he's just, he just is one of life's good guys. Like you can't help heart hurt, but root for him. Can't help but root for him. Um, and it was a nice moment, but basically JSN, I think they're going to try and get all three wide receivers on the field. That will mean an uptick for Noah fan. Again, I'm not saying trust him, but don't be shocked if he finds the box. Okay. Good news for Noah Fan. Welcome. Hopefully, welcome back to some NFL relevance. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to find it in uh, in Seattle. It's not really a place that tight ends really show up and do much. But How dare you? Jim, Jimmy Graham would suggest otherwise. <laughs> don't talk to me about Jimmy Graham. He scored again on Sunday. I know. Hasn't he scored on every catch or something stupid? Like, something he might as well just... like that. Like, we're basically in the season where we're watching Jimmy Graham score catches, uh, get catches, and people are wasting an abnormal amount of fab on Joe Flacco. If that isn't 2023 in a nutshell, I don't know what is. Well, there you go, big man. There you go. Talking of 2023 in a nutshell, yes, this is semi-final week, but it is also Christmas week, and we have been blessed with football on Christmas Day. I don't know if I'll get to see any of that, but hey. We got the chance on Christmas Day this year, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
it, yeah, I, I think I'm in a similar boat. I think I'm probably going to get to watch the games when I get home. Um, but I think what I was having this debate. Well, my wife was like, I don't know why they play games on Christmas Day. Like, that's really unfair. And I'm like, yeah, but I'd rather play games on Christmas Day and then you can kind of just relax in the evening. Like, if you're playing like Monday night football, that's probably quite crap. Um, but it's better than playing a boxing day and you can't enjoy your Christmas at all. That's how I yes. can, uh, yes. view it. Um, but we got some good games on Christmas. We've got um, we got we got 49ers Ravens on Monday Night Football. That's going to be a, a, a barnstormer. The two number one seeds um, at the moment in their respective conferences playing. People calling it a Super Bowl preview. I'm not so sure, but hey, might be. Um, Chiefs Raiders at six o'clock on Christmas Day. That's a nice way to spend it in. We can watch a bit of that. Um, Eagles, Giants, I mean, that is going to be a bloodbath. If anyone likes to watch uh, gory films, then that is probably (laughs) going to be one for you at half past nine uh, on Christmas Day. Um, I tell you what I'm not staying up for is Sunday Night Football, Broncos, Patriots. Well, it's technically Christmas Day for us, that. one fifteen Christmas morning. Yeah, I'll go to bed. Well, as a Broncos fan, I will also be in bed. So there you go. <laughs> That's we got some great games this week: Dolphins, Cowboys, Bucks, Jags, um, Vikings, Lions. There's some really good games this week: Chargers, Bills. If the Chargers can, you know, get off the sofa, Steelers, Bengals, Rams, Saints. That's tonight. Some good games, man. This week, it's getting down to the the nitty gritty and. Uh, yeah, I mean, tonight's game is going to be a, a tough one, but it's going to be a good one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Right, Rush Nation, that is going to wrap up the show for today. We would like to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas from the Five Yard staff. Hope you all enjoy your festivities, whatever you are doing. If you are travelling, I hope it goes well and you stay safe. If you've got the in-laws round, best of luck. And just enjoy yourselves, enjoy the football, and we hope to see you in the finals to get some ships it's two games away before those docks start filling up. Big man, I hope you enjoy your Christmas period. Thanks very much. Uh, same to you. Uh, my wife rejected my plea for the 12th year in a row for me to sod off alone to the Caribbean. So I will be spending Christmas with family. But hey, do you know what's great? Is there's another Christmas next year and I can put in another request next year and it will get denied next year. But I'm going to keep trying like that. It's like uh, that and my lazy boy are the two main things I fight for in life that I never get. But hopefully one day I will have both. <laughs> I I feel like the lazy boy is the front runner in that competition. I tell you now, it's not. There's no you way now, you're not getting a lazy boy over going to the Caribbean on your own at Christmas. I promise you I'm more likely to get the Caribbean at Christmas than I am the lazy boy. Well, that is the most... 2023 NFL comment I have ever heard. <laughs> I we'll see. Uh but yeah. I mean listen, well, both both are not happening, but Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is well, the way the way the way that my wife would justify it is that the Caribbean would be like me for like a week max and then that would be it. And it would suck, but that would be what it is. The lazy boy would be for life. <laughs> <laughs> you need a bumper sticker, lazy boys are not just for Christmas. No, I it, it's I I well I, I I kid you not it's on my bucket list to own a, a lazy boy. Okay. Who knows? I've advertised this. It will happen one day. Well, 
from me to you let's hope it really does but i really do hope you enjoy your christmas period enjoy spending time enjoy spending time in dreary england instead of the caribbean because hey home is where the heart is right rush nation don't forget to follow the podcast on x at five yard rush and follow the big man at murph underscore nfl but until the in between christmas and new year period that doesn't really have a name as always don't forget keep rushing even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.